comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs and one. Cal up top. Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. And he popped it deep. He was banging. Well, Watson and a foul. This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. What's up, Aztec fans? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. My name is Trone, and I'll be your host. I want to remind you guys to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. If you're on iTunes, give that five-star review uh, and go to anchor.fm slash Aztec Breakdown to see the main page of the uh of the podcast. And from there, you can also support the podcast as well as leave voice messages. I will have an example of what one of those sounds like today. I have a fan that already sent one in. A quick update on the uh, the status of the podcast. I've been so far recording towards the end of weeks, and then I release the episode on a Sunday afternoon. That way it's ready to go on Monday. As the basketball season starts, I'm going to start recording on Monday nights and then hopefully get the episode out either uh, during the day on Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest. It will just work better with the way that the basketball schedule works out. And then as long as football season is still in session, I'll be able to, to talk about football as well because that's been something I've been wanting to do and just the way it's been scheduled hasn't worked out. But Wanted to give you guys that that update to be looking out for episodes on Tuesdays or Wednesdays as opposed to Mondays. In this episode, I wanted to get into Media Day a little bit. That happened at the time I'm recording just a couple days ago, but for the listeners, I guess it would be last week. The biggest news was that the Mountain West is considering changing the the conference basketball season to a 20 game schedule uh i i I put out a tweet right as i found out saying i i don't i don't like it but um i wanted to go over kind of some of the of the pros and cons that i've that i've found over the past couple days for it to just to make sure we give it a fair chance here and and we'll start with the pros the first thing is 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 probably the most obvious one in terms of like if you're the commissioner is that if you have two more games every year as part of your schedule uh, you can get more money from tv broadcast partners at least in theory you should be able to and so if you're the mountain west commissioner if you're craig thompson that's going to be one of the things that you want to push and say hey the conference will make more money through our tv deal by adding a couple more games to the schedule. And I think that's fair. I don't know how much more money it would be, um, but especially with the way the college basketball landscape is, as as a mid-major conference, you want all the money you can get to try and be able to compete with some of the the bigger names. So that that could be a a definite uh, boost just overall if you were to switch to that 20-game schedule. One of the other pros that I thought about would be that uh, the the conference winner in terms of the regular season wouldn't be affected as much by the scheduling. And what I mean by that is if we take this year, for example, 
the Aztecs don't play San Jose State on the road and they don't play Air Force at home. And while Air Force is supposed to be pretty good this year, um, those should be two wins on the Aztec schedule. Whereas there are other teams that won't play, say, like Utah State on the road and New Mexico at home or something like that, right? Like two, two games that they will probably lose. And so the Aztecs lose those two wins. Another team gains two wins by playing San Jose State and Air Force and stuff like that. And it, it messes up the standings. In the big picture, that's that that's not something I particularly worry about. And for this season, I kind of like that the Aztecs have that little bit harder schedule, just just in terms of uh trying to get that at-large bid, you know, every little bit helps. Um, but it is something that, you know, if if we were to lose the the regular season record by one game, you know, then playing San Jose State would have helped there. Or if it ends in a tie and playing San Jose State one more time would have helped that. And so if it's a 20 game schedule, every team plays everybody twice. And so the, the records would be more, more reflective of where the team is and who the best team is and things like that, as opposed to having a little bit of noise due to what teams uh, were played on the schedule. Those were the the major pros I could find. Uh, I mean, we can just move straight on straight on to the cons now. For one, this is going to affect different schools within the conference differently. But if you have more conference games, they have to start the conference season earlier, and so they're talking about moving the start of the conference season into early December, which is essentially what they did this season, and that ends up just removing about a week of time that you could have had to schedule harder opponents, whether they be from the PAC 12 or even if they're another mid major, but they're just a really good mid major school, like a, like a New Mexico state or a Gonzaga or a BYU St. Mary's, whoever, it just gives you less time to be able to schedule those teams. And so it's just harder, harder to get them, whether that's in their place, whether that's in your place Whatever the case, there's just less time to do it. Uh, one counter argument I had was that you you can just replace in in the Aztecs case this year. You add a team like San Jose State onto the schedule, and then what you do to make up for that is you take away a team like a Tennessee State or a uh, Long Island University or whoever, right? One of those buy games, um, which to be fair would save the university like $50,000 or whatever it is per buy game. If they did that, I think though it's a little bit naive, maybe not naive isn't the right word, but it's just, it's a big assumption to think that that's what would happen because one, like I said already, it's harder to get those big names because everybody wants them and you have less time to schedule them now. And two coaches like to play those easier teams to start the season off. And so they definitely want hard games too in order to build that resume, but they want a couple cupcakes early on in the season to help build their team chemistry and see what they have and experiment with things. Come December or, or conference season in, in January as it stands as it stands now, but you know, if this were to happen come December, it's kind of late to be experimenting with those things. Like conference season has started. And so 
you can't be doing that. Plus if San Jose state, you know, we're pretty lucky this year in that San Jose state is one of the first conference games, right? It's, 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 I think it's the second conference game this season. Uh, but depending on how the schedule comes out, you might get San Jose state once in February and then the other time in March, like those cupcake cup cupcake games aren't going to help you at all with anything at that point. And so it, it's not just an, uh, a one for one replacement type of deal. It, it can hurt you a lot in that way as well. Uh, in addition to it being harder to schedule the harder teams, now the whole conference strength of schedule is down because teams have had less less uh, competition to go against, and now you're just beating up on each other. But the strength of the schedule for the whole conference is down, and because of that, the Mountain West continues to just get one team into the con into the into the tournament each year, which is. Bad. For, I mean, I'm projecting, right? The last couple of years they got two, but it's it's not too hard to think that it might go down to just one again if this were to happen, which hurts the conference notoriety for one, right? Um, which is something everybody wants to get up because that'll help with, with recruiting and just name brand and all that stuff. But also uh, the conference gets money for how many teams you get into the NCAA tournament and for how many games you play. And so if you get two teams in as opposed to one, you just doubled your money. If one of those teams makes it to the second game, you just tripled your money as opposed to having just just one one team play one game. And so while you can gain some money from the TV deal, you're likely losing money uh, from the lack of NCAA tournament teams. And, you know, the TV deal is, is easy. It's fixed. You can negotiate it and it's definitely there or it's definitely not. And the tournament teams aren't right. You have to, you have to earn it. And so the calculation would be kind of hard, but if you're working for the conference and you're, and you're debating this, or if you're one of the athletic directors and you're, and you're debating this, you would, I would, I would want somebody to be in that room saying, this is how much money we'll gain from the TV deal. And this is how much money we can expect to lose in any given season. Like on average, we'll lose this much money based on our projections for how many teams get in or whatever the case is and see which one wins out. I don't know which one would win out. I don't know how much the TV deals are worth. And I feel like every year I try to figure out how much money each game is worth in the NCAA tournament. And I just end up doing the math wrong because they dole it out in weird ways. It's fine. That's not the important part. The important part is while you can possibly gain money, you can also possibly lose money by going up to 20 games if you're getting less teams into the tournament. So that's bad too. Those were just some of my thoughts. Um, I was talking to some people on Twitter about it too, but as everybody knows, Twitter's just a bad place for, for context. You know, you're limited to 200 some odd characters. And so it's hard to get all these different pieces in here and, and fully explain uh, your thoughts and, and, things can just come off the wrong way easily, not just myself, but for other people as well. I have definitely had times um, where somebody said something and I misinterpreted what they said. And it's just the way Twitter is. Um, it's a great tool, but it's it's hard to have context. So I wanted to put that context in there. I probably missed a couple of things, um, but 
that's that's the deal. It it sounds like Coach Dutcher and a couple other coaches are really against this, which makes sense. It it feels to me kind of like a panic move because it was harder for teams to schedule this season, but it was harder, like I said, because of those two games in December. Um, and that's not just Coach Dutcher saying that. That's a number of coaches I've, I've been reading have been coming out and saying that it was harder to get games because the conference season started in December. And that happened because the conference said, we're going to move up the dates of the, uh, the conference tournament in Vegas, as opposed to hosting it somewhere else. And I'm not even saying they should have hosted it in Viejas, although that would have been awesome. Uh, but I mean, host it somewhere else that doesn't have whatever convention is in Vegas at that time, hosted in Los Angeles, hosted in the Bay area. There's plenty of areas here in the Western half of the country that you could have hosted it at the host of the tournament at. And so it's, it's just seems like a move that was probably not the best move, but doesn't have to be inherently bad in them moving the, the conference tournament up a week they're going to compound that mistake by now adding two more games to the schedule. And, and that would be rough. If the scheduling issues continue to happen for a couple more years, right? If it happens next year or the year after that, then we can come back and talk about a 20 game schedule. But right now I just, I don't think it's a good idea. I think it hurts the conference more than it helps it. The one scenario that I would think it could help, is something that a couple other mid-major conferences have either talked about doing or I know of at least one that started doing it, but I don't remember which conference it was. But what they do is they take the top, I think it's four or five teams in their standings, and for those last four games or so of the conference season, they just have those teams play each other over and over again. And so the theory being that the best teams in your conference will continually be playing the best teams. And so what would that that what that would look like for – our, our purposes is instead of playing Utah State once or twice a year before the conference tournament, you could play them three or four times a year before the conference tournament. And so if Utah State is a quad one team, that's four quad one games and you win two of those and now you have a couple wins on your resume. And so that if, if that was the case, I would be more supportive of a 20 game conference schedule, but that's not. They just want everybody to play everybody twice. And uh, I'm, I'm not about it. Um, I mean, the rest of it, the rest of media day was pretty straightforward. Utah State was picked to be the number one uh, team in the Mountain West Conference, which is fair. Uh, Malachi Flynn was picked to be the newcomer of the year, which was, which was cool. Who knows with these awards, if they'll actually be accurate or not, but it was cool to see to see San Diego State get some recognition in that regard. I believe that's most of the news from the media day. Let's take a quick break, and then I will return with the uh, the one question I've had sent in so far that was sent in through the the uh, the voice link on the anchor.fm slash Aztec breakdown page. I encourage everybody to send in more links in the future, really at any time I can play them in any podcast. Uh, but yeah, let's take a break and then we'll get back to that.
Let's get to the question. So my question is, what would you consider the floor for Malachi Flynn this season and the ceiling for him? Thanks. I'm pretty sure that was Mike out at Aztec Hoops Nation. Uh, thanks, Mike, for the question. If you haven't, if you weren't aware, Mike put out an article for Mountain West Wire talking about how Malachi Flynn could possibly win the Player of the Year award for the Mountain West. Uh, you should go check it out if you haven't already. It was a good read. Questions like this I struggle with just because there's so many factors. A little while ago, I, I very half-heartedly tried to look at players that transferred in to San Diego State from other schools and uh, what it did to their performance. Uh, offensively, a lot of players end up taking dips in at least one area or another which at first surprised me given that most transfers take that year off in between uh, to, to work on their game just because it's the, the NCAA rules. Uh, most of the players, though, that that happens to also come from lower conferences, for one, so they're facing harder competition. And the Aztecs are a very defense-focused school, a very defense-focused program. And so, you know, whatever program where they were at, they might, you know, they run a different system and then they come to the Aztecs and defense is the focus and the tempo is slower and the schemes are what they are. And so it's, you know, it's always hard to tell what's going to happen to Malachi's credit. He comes from a PAC 12 school. He comes from Washington state. So hopefully the level of competition will at least be something he's used to, if not a little bit less than what he's used to. He played some really tough tough schedules out at Washington state uh, as they're measured by the, the strength of schedule metric. And so based on that, his numbers should be able to go up. I'm not going to predict like box score stats because it seems like a fruitless exercise. I do think that at his floor, you know, I don't know what would cause something like this to happen, but I think at his floor, Malachi Flynn is at the very least a decent starter. Um, you know, somebody who, who not in the same ways, but you know, another guy like Jeremy Hemsley or Devin Watson, they were both solid, solid starters and had at least average impact pretty much. I think that's probably Malachi Flynn's floor. It's, it's hard to picture what might cause that to happen because I have such a high opinion of him. But, I mean, something like that would be like if K.J. Fagan is dominating the ball and so it's taking touches from Malachi, but maybe K.J. is doing a really good job setting everybody else up and the offense is flowing. It could be Matt Mitchell has a breakout season and is putting up 15, 20 points a game, and maybe Malachi is facilitating that, maybe K.J. is facilitating that, but once again, it, it seemingly hurts Malachi's production. Regardless, I think even as that solid starter, he'll provide floor spacing. He'll provide some leadership. He'll provide uh, still a, you know, a decent amount of scoring. I think he's still probably a double-digit a game scorer, even in, in a more limited role for whatever reason that, that could happen. And so I think the Aztecs got a good one. If, if your floor is solid starter, you're in, you're in good shape. I think Malachi's ceiling... 
you know, if everything goes right, I do think he has player of the year potential. I think, you know, once again, it's a lot of things have to have to go right for, for that to happen. But I think Mike is right in that assertion that he could win player of the year. I'm really hopeful that taking the year off has let Malachi work on, work on his game and he can get that three point percentage up and he can add a couple new looks to his arsenal and that he can get everybody else flowing and be a real catalyst to spark some big time uh, runs both within the game. And then also throughout the season, you know, get on a five or six game winning streak, things like that. I, I, you know, if I had like a gun to my head, I wouldn't say Malachi Flynn is going to win player of the year. It would, it would depend on, I mean, obviously health is always a factor. It would depend on team performance. It would depend on how Sam Merrill is doing. Cause I do think Sam Merrill should be the favorite for player of the year, but from what I've heard, the coaches do think Malachi Flynn has player of the year potential. I don't know any of the coaches. I don't, I don't really have any contact with them. Uh, it's just stuff I've heard from other people that supposedly do have contact with them, but they think very highly of him and everything I've seen from him, especially offensively, I've really liked. And so I do think his ceiling is, is player of the year for, for this season. I think the reality will definitely be somewhere in between those two. Uh, I think he'll be a really, really good player. Definitely better than a solid starter. I, If I had to guess, like I said, I don't think it would be player of the year. But regardless, I'm super excited to have Malachi Flynn on this team. I think he's going to be a real joy to watch. And I remember even at the end of last season, somebody asked Matt Mitchell, maybe it was earlier in this offseason, not right after the season ended. I don't remember when. doesn't really matter. Somebody asked Matt Mitchell about who to look out for this next season, and he mentioned Malachi Flynn, and I guess Malachi's nickname in the locker room is Killer because dude just gets buckets. Um, so it is what it is. I'm excited to watch him. Thanks, Mike, for the question, and I believe that does it for this one, Aztec fans. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Keep sending in those questions. Hit that five-star review on iTunes. Keep listening, and I will catch you next time.